Hello and welcome along. I trust you're doing well. Thank you for your continued support. It's Mark Shardler here with this edition of Destination Tokyo. After Kelly Holmes in the last episode, I wanted to keep on the theme of mental health for this one. And in the next 10 minutes, you'll hear about an athlete's journey with severe depression and how he's now helping others with wellness and mental health. And in his 20s still, he's coaching an athlete heading for Tokyo, hopefully this summer. So, it's Jack Green and Jack is with me, Olympian in the hurdles and the 4x400 relay at both the London and Rio Olympic Games, medal winner at the World and European Championships, but someone who's had to face up to depression at a young age. Jack, welcome along. When you think back to London and Rio and the Olympics experience, I wonder, what do you think about? What comes to mind? Oh, that's a great question. I'm not sure. Do you have more than 10 minutes? Because I'm going to go on for hours, I think. But for me, it's a huge learning experience. Obviously, I struggled with my mental health um, throughout my career and, and athletics almost exacerbated that But and the performance world. But I've learned so much. And to be in the position I am now, to have the knowledge and the experience I have now, I'm incredibly grateful for those opportunities. The one one thing I'd probably say, and I've learned from other retired athletes, is I wish I'd enjoyed it more. Um, I can't really tell you much about London. Um, I just wasn't in the moment at all. And yeah, that's one thing I'd say is a real shame. I I, I don't have many memories as such from those those huge occasions because I was too caught up in in the consequences and the the potential failures and and so on that I didn't get to enjoy myself. Yeah, I guess that's what my my question was about really. I was fortunate to be in London and to have the best seat in the house all over the place. And my memories are of fantastic performances, of gold medals, of brilliant interviews. And I suppose from the pressure on you guys out there performing would make your memories a little bit different to that. The only memories I can tell you um, from London are how I felt and how I felt was full of fear and scared and actually this is something I wrote about from the age of seven about going to the Olympic Games representing my country in 100 meters in those stories and beating Maurice Green so it didn't quite work that way I was definitely faster than Maurice at that point because he was much older uh, and retired but um, you know I dreamt about this moment and actually the only feeling I can tell you is is I was full of fear um, which is really sad for that seven-year-old um, dreaming of that moment wouldn't have been thinking, oh, brilliant, I'm going to go there and feel scared. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting one when you think about that. And I, I wonder what other athletes say, um, whether they have a similar experience to me or not. But I think a lot of them might be on the same camp as me. I, I certainly think that it, certainly in the first games, a lot of athletes have said to me that they've, they've frozen. You know, they, they really did, as you said, did not enjoy the moment. So... I mean, London now is nine, you know, it's incredible to think it's nine years ago. It feels like yesterday. How Was mental health talked about then? Did Were you able to express yourself before the London Games? No, not at all. And I'm not sure sport, sports come forward a little bit, but we're still a long way away. And um, yeah, mental health wasn't a thing. And, and particularly for a young person who was incredibly successful, incredibly quickly, and this idea of the potential and so on. Potential has become my most hated word because it's just made up by someone and then put so much pressure on an individual or a team or whoever it might be. Um, whereas actually mental health is, is for all of us. 
mental health isn't just poor mental health, right? Mental health is on a spectrum. We all have mental health. Sometimes it's poor, sometimes it's good, and, and we vary on that. So that's where the conversation needs to be within sport rather than only talking about mental health at a crisis point. And that's the same in the workplace, same everywhere. But mental health was not in a position um, to be talked about at that point in a performance environment. I can't recall, but had you spoken about it before Rio in 2016 or was it after Rio when you spoke about it? Yeah, so it's after 2012. So after I was diagnosed with depression, bipolar tendencies and anxiety and considered a threat to my own life at that point, I then did a two-page spread with the Sunday Times um, after that, just because I was I was naive. I was very honest. As you know, you've spoken to me enough. I'm honest, I'm open, and all my interviews are very much the same, and that's how I like try and live my life. So I was very honest and thought, right, I'll just tell people how what's going on. Um so yeah, it was it was at the age of twenty one that I went public um with my with my struggles and I still didn't really know what they were, but yeah, I, I put a lot of, of the spotlight on myself in, in that respect, but not in that meaning to to be the uh, a light in athletics as such around mental health but just being open and honest which actually we need more within mental health issues and and advocates and so on and at that time did that lift the burden on you as an individual or did it place more pressure on you i think initially it definitely lifted because it felt like i could be a bit more authentic and be myself and and not trying to hide things because i'd spent that whole season people going how have you come fourth at the olympics top 10 in the world at 20 next big thing and and why are you awful and having to almost lie and be like oh well it's an injury or it's this or it's that so it was nice in that respect but in the long run, it definitely, I believe, was damaging to to my career um, because of the stigma attached to mental health. But I was too naive at the time to realise the impact that it might have. Um, but yeah, I definitely was seen, I believe, seen as damaged goods from, from there on. You're now working in mental health, um, which I think is fascinating. So tell us about the job you're doing, and especially in Mental Health Awareness Week, the sort of impact that you're hoping to have? Yeah, so I've got, I think I've got 12 talks booked in this week for Mental Health Awareness Week, um, which is really exciting because it's around sharing my journey, helping people with some of the practical takeaways, those life lessons, how can you manage your mindset and your mental health, all the things I, I've had to learn and, and wish I'd known as a young athlete, as a young person. So that's fantastic that there's the opportunity to do that and share my story and have a big impact because that's a big part of my meaning and my purpose. But as you said, I now work in that space so shortly after retiring uh, the end of 2019 at 28 years old I then went and became the head of well-being at BBC Studios so I was responsible for t- uh, 30 offices globally and between five and ten thousand people at any point and wrote the strategy for them around well-being um, and also audited what they did and, and became very much an advocate for their workplace well-being. I then left them, became a consultant through my own consultancy, worked with many organisations and tried to bridge that that link between performance and well-being because that's something we don't do very well. For me, well-being is the noise that surrounds me in my personal life. So my physical health, my financial health, social health, mental health, all these things. And there's many more that we could talk about details wise, but those are the main main kind of pillars. Now, if those things are affecting me personally, how am I going to perform on the big stage? How am I going to perform in the office and whatever I do? How am I going to be the best parent I can be, the best person I can be? So that's where I see the link between well-being and performance. If I'm thriving personally, I will thrive professionally as well. And that's what I've brought to well-being. Um, well-being's a bit soft and fluffy in terms of its reputation and it's in terms of how people see it. For me, it's not. It's the foundation of high performance. And that led to me being head of performance, which I started 
two weeks ago. It's my, my second week now with, uh, with Champion Health, who are a workplace wellbeing platform, and they are just doing things completely different. If you think Netflix, think Netflix of wellbeing, and that's what we're doing with Champion Health, but really trying to make a, a big impact and a big change. And yeah, I'm in charge of the performance side of things, which is really exciting. Fantastic. Sounds a great job. Um, I mean, in this sort of 10 minutes, we can't get into any of the details really there. So where would you send people? Where could people find out more about the life lessons you talked about, the techniques and the tactics that you talked about? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Is, is I've got rid of all my other social media, really. I have them, but I don't use them just because of my own mental well-being. But apart from LinkedIn, which I have for business, and I share quite a bit around performance and well-being. So you can find me on there. Or if you go on to championhealth.co.uk, they have some amazing guides, resources. It's something we're really big on at Champion Health is how can we give people tools they don't have to buy our platform to engage with our tools because our main mission is how can we help people? It's not how can we make money out of people? So our main thing is what are we giving back? So if you go onto there, go onto our insights or impact page, you see loads of resources, loads of guides, loads of information um, that might be able to help you. Um, but if not, just reach out to me, find my email, find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to help and talk to people. And of course, you still have a link with the Olympics, your coaching. Mm-hmm. and uh, one of the, the the women you're coaching is hopefully going to be there. Yeah, it's really exciting. So at 29, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching a, an Olympic athlete. So Gloria Hooper, who runs for Italy, she's a double Olympian for Italy in the 100, 200, 4 by one national record holder. Um, and at the weekend uh, previous, she went to the World Relay Championships and, and won gold with her team. So really exciting for me personally, but more exciting for her because... You know, her journey is, is just growing and growing. And I'm so excited about being part of that journey. Um, for me, coaches service athletes. Athletes don't service coaches. So my whole job is how can I help her be the best she can be? And obviously, a lot of my philosophy in, in well-being translates into my coaching. And it's all about happy athletes. I, I remember saying at Commonwealth Games, a happy athlete is a fast athlete. And I believe that with my coaching. And hopefully I'll be able to coach a few more athletes in the future as well. But really enjoying that that process of going to Olympic Games with with Gloria and obviously being on the different side this time. Instead of on the track myself, I'm helping someone else with uh, with their kind of tactics and, and techniques on the track. Fantastic. And I love I love that little mantra that you had that can be applied across sports. I think a happy athlete is a fast athlete. Fantastic. Jack, great to see you again. I think we uh, last spoke in a cafe under the sun on uh, in Brisbane on the tra- training camp there. It's a yeah. shame we can't be meeting in a nice warm climate at the moment, but great to see you smiling, looking well. Good luck with the new job and good luck with Gloria at the Olympics this summer. Thank you very much, Mark. That's Olympian Jack Green. And I'll put Jack's details in the show notes if you want to look him up on LinkedIn or uh, if you want to find out the details of those resources that he was talking about in his new job. Thanks, Jack, and all the best for this Mental Health Awareness Week. And that's just about it from me today. I just want to say thank you for the continued donations. I'm making these podcasts to raise awareness for Maggie's Cancer Charity. Uh, Lots of donations coming in over the last week or so. Thank you so much for that. The details, again, in my show notes, or you can find them at justgiving.com and search Destination Tokyo. Got a special series coming up over the next few days. More of that tomorrow. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye.